0: This is episode 30 of the Airport Experience News Podcast. Make sure you visit airportxnews.com slash podcast to listen to all our episodes. Or simply find us on iTunes, Spotify, Podbean, and Stitcher. In this episode, I chat with Ray Kale, the President and CEO of Newslink Group. I've known Ray for a very long time, I believe almost 15 years. And it was great to go and sit down with him in his offices and do this recording. And basically, We spoke about the history of the company, his views on the industry, because there have been some very notable acquisitions on the retail side, as many of you know. And finally, really the future of the company, as he staffs up and positions Newslink for a run at some very notable opportunities. Anyway, here is my chat with Ray. Ray Kale, the president and CEO of Miami-based Newslink Group. Ray, thank you for inviting me here in your wonderful offices. Thank you for being here, Ramon. Oh, excellent. So, uh, just about, gosh, it's been like a month ago, right, when we were in Vegas yes. at the conference, and we were talking about um, just all the exciting things that you guys have going on. Obviously, you guys have you've staffed up um, to pursue a lot of great opportunities, which are things that I really definitely want to get into uh, in this on this podcast. But one of the things that really got me thinking is... There's an opportunity here for you guys, or a company of your size, in this in the retail space of airports. So I kind of want to focus on that. Um, So before we get, uh, I guess the first question then is, from your point of view, what does the landscape look like as far as the opportunities for a company like Newsland?
1: Well, Ramon, thank you for being here again. It's great to to spend time together, and thank you for including me, giving us the opportunity to speak uh, to your audience on the podcast. This is great. you know, in terms of the landscape of opportunities and how we see it, in order to best understand and appreciate that, I think you have to, I think it's helpful to take a step back and realize uh, who we are and what we stand for. Um, and then I think the way we look at opportunities might make more sense. That's good, because that was
0: my second, my okay. second question. So we can, we can start the other way. It's fine. Perfect.
1: So, um you know, if you take a look at who Newslink is, so in, at the start, at our core, we're an extremely experienced and seasoned operator in airports. So many people don't know the story. I know you do. Yes. But many folks don't know the story that we trace um, our experience back to 1959 with the opening of one of the first airport stores at Miami International Airport. Selling... Well, that was kind of <laughs> neat. So you do remember the yes, story. Yes, I do So, uh, but in actually discussions with my dad this week, I learned a little more about that story. Really? Yes, yes. So we sold cameras, which of makes course. sense in Miami. Remember, it's 1959, Miami. Yeah. We sold knives and machetes. Yes. And what I found out this week is we also sold handguns.
0: Okay. No bullets. <laughs> of course. No bullets. That would be weird.
1: <laughs> So, well, and it's not weird to sell machetes and handguns. Oh, no, definitely not. That's <laughs> <true>. <laughs> so, um, but that was the world that we lived in, in Miami in 1959. So my grandfather was really one of the first pioneers of concession business in airport at a time in 1959 where no one wanted to operate concessions in airports. So... My dad joined, and my grandfather was very entrepreneurial, no formal education. Uh, My dad joined my grandfather in the mid-60s. My dad, coming from a military background, he's a Marine, um, he brought a lot of the systems that we even use today in our business. My dad's also an MBA and a PhD, all in business management. So he ran the company from the mid 60s through 2004 when my dad retired but this business is the business that I grew up in so my summers were spent working in the stores working in the warehouse um, as well as my partner business partner Chris Corridge his summers were spent working in this business also so I ultimately got my education became an attorney I was a practicing attorney for six years before coming back to the business in, it was in 1998. Mm -hmm. So I've been full time in the business for over 20 years. Um, And in 2004, my dad retired and Chris and I formed the Newslink companies and we're going on 15 years now. And you had existed as Sergani. Sergani was my my grandfather's last name, Mitchell Sergani. And I reflect on this often and when I tell the story It's kind of a neat story, 60 years. But it's not the years that I think is the most significant thing, although that's kind of cool, being around for 60 years. It's what we've learned during those years and what we've seen during those years in the world, in the United States, in airports, concession business, airlines, etc. The learnings over that period of time, not only for my family and myself, I think are incredibly important, and the foundation upon which. And your question was about opportunities. It's it's the bedrock of how we look at all opportunities. So over those years, it's not just the number of years, but the quality of the experience we've had during the years. So we've operated under direct leases with airports. We've operated under leases uh, with authorities. We've operated under um, master operators. We've operated under developers. We've operated probably every type of concession that's operated in an airport, other than duty free, which I, I need to ask my dad why we why never did. But, Might but, as well. but literally, newsstands, bookstores, children's stores, sports uh, stores women's apparel, men's apparel, electronics stores, um, cafes, full-service restaurants, under brands like Juan Valdez Cafe and Dunkin' Donuts, retail brands like Victoria's Secret and Solstice, as well as proprietary brands. So if you take a step back and look at our history, and and it's our collective history because it's been Institutionalized at this point, you'll see a company that is independent, privately owned, um, proud of our history, proud of the experience and what we've learned, but always evolving, always pushing, always looking forward, always, in my view, uh, trying to reinvent ourselves. You pose the question, so it. In, in a way, I feel like you asked me the time. Mm-hmm. You asked me for the time, and I built you a clock. Yeah. <laughs> but it's important for me to do that yeah. so you kind of get a flavor. for. So when you ask about opportunities, I think that, and this is how we've always thought, our, our number one opportunity, what makes me tick, what I wake up every day thinking about, is how to improve and maximize and deliver in our current environments. If You look at our current operations, we have tremendous airports uh, where we currently operate. And our number one opportunity is to, to do the best job we can for those airports. Our history includes operating at MIA. I think that's important in and of itself, because if you look at Miami International Airport, it's a large airport. It's an international as well as domestic airport. We have all types of airlines. We have all types of passengers. We have business. We have leisure. We have international. We have domestic. We have a very hectic environment. and Logistics are a major issue. Having learned and grown up in that environment, um, that, I think, is, is a great advantage to ours. We understand how to operate in that type of environment, and it helps us in similar environments, but also environments that are perhaps smaller and not as complicated. We're very comfortable and confident there. Dedicating ourselves to maximize our current operations is honestly our number one opportunity, and it's what we spend all of our time about. And You talked about... Um, Gearing up and hiring inside the company. To me, what that's about is reinvesting in what we're doing, making sure that we're at the cutting edge. We're delivering for the passengers and we're delivering for the airports we serve and the employees here and creating a culture and opportunity for everybody. So, for me and to me, that's number one. I know, and this is who we are. So, Ramon, I'm telling you, this is really who we are. I know, and we know, if we maximize the opportunities that we currently have, good things will happen. Other
0: opportunities will fall
1: yeah. in place. And new opportunities, right? So, and they'll happen, and I love this word, organically. And that's what we believe in. And that's what we stand for, organic growth and organic opportunities, starting with our current uh, airports where we serve. Incidentally. Starting with our own employees, I walked you around our office, corporate office. I identified for you at least five people. Very key. Yeah, that had started working in our stores. To me, that's organic growth. To me, that's our opportunity as an organization. To move things forward,
0: because they're they're really perpetuating the culture. They started on store level, and now they're corporate level. If you want to look at it that right. way, it's you're kind of uh, you're organically and naturally growing the culture from the bottom up to, to a right. more now.
1: That's right. You know, I don't want to overstate it, but I do think it's important. You're here to find out who we are and our view, and I'm very, so appreciative. And I want to give you um, my honest, straightforward view of it and that's what it is. When we won the contract that we currently have in Tampa International Airport, one of the things I was most excited about was that it gave us the opportunity to take one of our managers and promote them to head up operating Tampa. That's huge. It's important that's what that was at the top of my list for being excited about winning tampa international airport now it's a great airport it's an amazing city their staff is incredible um we're the largest uh, retail operator there today just finished opening all our stores it's exciting um but under the scene you know behind the scenes that was a critical part um Of winning that contract and why it was important. So your question was, how do we view opportunities? Sure. So in short, the answer is our biggest opportunity is to maximize our current operations, use all of our experience and learnings to do that. That will lead to organically lead to growth and new opportunities.
0: So you know that there have been there's been a lot of acquisitions the last even gosh five years. So there's, you have really two large co- operators, we know who they are, and then that middle is pretty much gone, or for the most part gone, but that's where you reside, you, Marshall, et cetera, um, and then there's just everyone else kind of at the bottom, I don't want to say the bottom, but towards towards the bottom in terms of um, real estate. So it's really, you guys are in the middle where you have significant real estate, but you're not yet on the next tier. right But... So when I was thinking about uh, the, looking at the landscape of opportunities, I was thinking, you know, you and I discussed this, that there's an opportunity here to expand and be that third horse in the race, or fourth horse in the race, whatever it is. And I'm, I'm still wondering now that, that since knowing that the landscape has changed, do you see, are you still gonna um, continue on the same path that you feel, or do you, is it accelerated now because there is an opportunity for you, for you folks, because I know knowing you for, oh gosh, or I'm gonna sit. I'm gonna date myself when and I had, you. When I had dark hair. When you had darker hair, and for all 14 <laughs> of my years uh, with with ARN and now AXN, you know, you guys were very judicious in where, uh, what you wanted to go after and, and what you wanted to bid on. It obviously, has to make sense. I'm not saying you're throwing caution to the wind, but does the current landscape, as it's constituted now, does it make you feel like there's an opportunity here? I can pursue something or be a little more aggressive right. from your point of view.
1: Right. And what's interesting is Chris and I. And uh, with my dad, in particular, we talk about this often. And over the years in which we've operated, we've seen contraction like this, and we've seen expansion, and it's like everything, things go in in waves. And there is a role for the big players in our industry, no doubt. I've got a lot of respect for them. We have a lot of respect for them. By the same token, we think there's a role and a critically important role for folks like us.
0: Definitely.
1: And when I say folks like us, you characterize us as small.
0: Well, smaller. I got you, smaller. (laughs) Yeah.
1: But here's the unique thing in my mind about us. Our systems, our breadth of experience, the quality of our staff, the education that we have, the resources, our reinvestment in systems and the computerization of our inventory control and all that, we're as sophisticated as, I will tell you, any retailer in the country, not just airport retail. So we might, quote-unquote, be smaller, but in terms of the breadth of our experience, I'll put us up there with any retailer in the country. So that's that's kind of one thing. The second thing is we're privately owned, independent, by design. Can we stay that way and win more contracts? The answer is yes. Does the consolidation perhaps give us a chance to do that? Absolutely. But when we do so, we'll always be judicious. And we will always look for airports that that fit our culture. Um, And we've done a good job of doing that. So if you take a look at all of the airports where we currently operate, as well as the airports that we've been awarded contracts where we're expanding to, which include DFW, you will see programs in airports that value what a smaller, independent privately held company can provide and i'll tell you so my answer to you is yes we th- we think we have an opportunity to expand our brand and our culture to more airports and we're ready to do that now it has to make sense it has to happen organically it has to be a cultural fit um, and i think a lot of airports are looking for that personal touch this business is personal to us To answer your question, yes. I I think that there's an opportunity there to grow, but it's got to be consistent. And and let me tell you what I think airports get with us, right? Because that's important in terms of aligning. Chris and I answer to ourselves. It's a big difference in my mind because what allows us to do is align our goals with those of the passengers. It allows us to align our goals with the airports where we operate, with the communities within which we operate, and it allows us to align our goals with our own employees. It's very unique, right? Chris and I answer to ourselves. So, and we can align ourselves to airports and specific requests and requirements and the personal hands-on touch, I think the, I think makes a difference, Ramona. I really yeah. do think. I it think makes that's
0: a big difference. thing I think we were talking about. Well, like not necessarily just in terms of like size, in terms of like you kind of touched upon it a little bit, is um, agility. So if I if you had to change and, tw- and and pivot or something like that, then you can do it. Or if I needed to get so- or I need change, I could just get you on the phone. Well, if I was your landlord, I can get you on the phone and say Ray, I have an issue or whatever. Yes. I mean the speed by which you can move and respond to An issue, I'm not going to say it's just um, particular, just to, to smaller operators, but you know, that's definitely a benefit to a company well.
1: I don't think that you can call on the phone.
0: Well,
1: <laughs> any, no, listen yeah. to this. No, 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 you okay. can't get on the phone on one phone call that they would get from you of Medicaid, right? <laughs> you can get Chris and I on the phone, and with Chris and I, you have all the owners, and you get the president, CEO, and chairman. So, I think that makes a difference. Yes, I think certainly. that now, listen. I'm not saying
0: <laughs> at like one in the morning Listen, gonna,
1: No, no, I'm available one in the morning.: Absolutely. No, but what I'm saying is so I want to take a step back I'm not saying we don't make mistakes. We do. Not everyone does. We do. So the way I look at it is, mistakes happen, and in my mind, they're OK when you're pushing to do better. When you're trying to do what we're doing with our with our current opportunities, and you're trying to improve, and you're trying to give better customer service, you're trying to do these things, you're going to make mistakes. It just happens, Um, and we're human. But to me, that's not the significance. The significant thing is, what do we do when we make a mistake, right? And I can tell you, and we've had difficult calls with airports, who are landlords. And I can tell you, we're all in on making the change. And it's not just me and it's not just Chris. It's our, you can, you, you could, I invite you, go talk to all of our people. They all have the same kind of like burning desire to uh, satisfy, to make passengers, airports happy. And when we fall short, we all take it serious. So I've, I, do feel, that, well, we definitely make mistakes. But when we do, um, I'm really proud of how we attack those mistakes. I think it makes, I think it makes a big difference. Sure.
0: And and I just want to go back. Um, I kind of pin this in there. Like I didn't refer to you as a. I mean, you were smaller. I didn't say you were smaller. That were smaller. I, I didn't take offense um, to it. I, it's, listen, it's, I, I relish yeah.
1: it. Yeah, uh, it's our competitive advantage. This is yeah. our competitive advantage.
0: No, oh, definitely, because I, I, I see it more as in like from a real estate point of view. You mm-hmm. know, do you have as much as any of your larger competitors? No, but it's just, but not in terms of. I'm not saying there's a drop off in quality or anything like that. Um, but I do believe that the agility part is very key. And, and you know, you know, our from being in this business for so long as you have, things move quickly, and you got to act on them very quickly because yeah. you don't want it just to linger. Um, Which gets me to—I just took a note here. So you came back full time because you said you were starting spending your summers with the company, but you came back really full time in the mid '90s ish or around then, right? Full time. So even from that point to now, I mean, you—I'm sure you've seen the evolution, the ups and downs, and peaks and valleys of this industry. Um, That, and I'm going to go back to what what was asking earlier about um, consolidation because you touched upon that. You've seen mergers, you've seen new entrants, etc. But in the time period that you have, you know this business is not like what it was back in the '90s or whatever. I mean, it's gotten a lot more complicated, and it's not just where someone off the street says, "You know, what? I'm going to go into that airport space because it's so yes, it's so specific and niche." Yes. right. Do you agree with that, or do you?
1: Well, I agree with it to a certain extent. Um, and I can't speak for other folks, sure. and I can't speak for how other companies, either in or outside of our industry, see things. I just can't. Because just from your perspective. From our perspective, it's become more complicated. But what we do, what we've always done since I was a kid, has been complicated. <laughs> yeah. Because of the number and variety of stores we've operated, stores and restaurants. Uh, because of the airport in which we are home base, Miami, it's a thriving, busy, growing, always challenging environment. So I think from our perspective, has it gotten more, I believe it's always been complicated. And that's one of the things I'm proud of. Our ex- base of experience has prepared us for this complication. So I'm not sure I, I couldn't. Uh, it's hard for me to say that it's gotten more complicated. Well, I think, I, I you've think had that
0: a long uh, you have had enough time now to acquire those skills. Yes. So yes, things are changing constantly, but you already have a foundational you have a foundational yes. experience to, to build off right. of, it, as opposed to going from zero. So you're not really going from zero. You're That's you right. have a foundation. That's <laughs> so right. So when something gets complicated or right. uh, there's something new, right. you are able to put it. You're so, not still learning. Yeah,
1: so <laughs> I, I would say yes, it's more, let me let me say. Yes, it's more complicated, um, but we're prepared for it. And, and the thing about us that I think also makes a difference, when I talk about history and legacy, it's not something that we look back on and kind of just are satisfied or rely with, rely on. It's a living, leaving, living breathing thing for us, which means that that's the foundation upon which we've learned a lot. But we continue today. And since I took over, since we started Newslink, we've evolved with new processes, new procedures, new people. um, And we've just gone through that again. But the DNA is the same. The DNA is the same. But we're not stuck to it. I mean, we're we're not chained by it. Listen, I'm the third generation of my family in the business. My challenge always was how do you take this great history but not be stuck by it right cuz you can you can have great history and you can then be bound by it and it drags you down my challenge was always okay ray i could hear my dad and my grandfather okay ray so you got this great history what are you going to do with it and what you do with it in my mind is you evolve it and you pass it to other folks and so that's why it's really important and critical that that culture is institutionalized. And go around, and you'll find and you'll see that it is. So,
0: so you're saying you're preparing RJ for the take out take the baton.
1: <laughs> you know, we I haven't gotten to the point of talking about this. I I'm still a young guy.
0: Yeah.
1: You know, and Chris has has kids also, and we've got very qualified people here in the company now that are not. Uh, family members quote unquote but they're family members in the broader sense so you you started by saying our view of landscape of opportunities right that was your first question Mm, Yes. so I started by explaining to you wanted to make sure you realized who we were and how we would view it so we think there's great opportunities it starts with our current contracts it starts with organic growth um and uh, and it continues with us just keep pushing the envelope and keep trying to evolve.
0: So, we, I mean, we, uh, one of my questions was on differentiation, which I think you've you definitely, you know, communicated that perfectly in terms of who you are. Too much? No, 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 no okay. it's fine, it's fine. <laughs> we, we need to know that. Um, I, I'm going to go down my one other question, just looking at market conditions. Right. Uh, you know, something that you... Are not immune to, everyone is right. going to be affected by, maybe you guys more than uh, some of your competitors, et cetera. But what do you think are some of the internal marketing conditions that are going to affect the business, the industry
1: as a whole? Um, there are tremendous uh, challenges and external conditions. Um, you know, one, maybe less obvious, is the desire and need for um, is the speed in which you need to uh, get folks in and out of the store. And the the time factor has always been there, but it seems that today even more so. Um, so the uh, the need to eliminate lines in our stores is a huge thing, and we're on top of addressing that, and that's an everyday thing for us, both through customer service, through speed of service, through technology, through all the different ways. I'll I'll tell you a little aside. I told you I was traveling yesterday. So I traveled yesterday, went to visit a store that we had just recently built. The store is beautiful. The performance of the store is off the charts Exceeds what we had internally planned. Customer feedback seems to be great. Airport feedback, great. But... But... uh, And we noticed this a couple months ago when we opened the store. The cash wrap, which is where we have all the registers, we had, because we're always, we had pushed the envelope and tried to design it in a special way to facilitate the customer experience and getting people in and out of the lines quicker um we don't like it we don't like it so um this is internal nobody from the outside i haven't even heard it but but internally we just don't think it meets our standards there's a bit of a chug point i guess so but again remember it's a beautiful store great feedback sales off the charts we're redesigning the cash wrap, right? (laughs) That's what happens. That's what happens. It, It wasn't in our budget. It's not in our budget to redesign a cash wrap. That's what happens when you're able to align, when you report to yourself and you're able to align your values with the customers in the airports, et cetera. It's an example. You asked me for the challenges that we see from the outside. I said to you, one of the challenges is this increased need for speed and service yes. now I've told you how what it means when you're dealing with a privately owned personal touch business of how we address such a thing
0: um, I guess uh, because uh, several months ago they got a lot of fanfare you know with Amazon saying that they're looking into the space or I'm sure they have been for some time and using their product is pretty easy when you just walk in you grab what you want and you walk out and right. um, you know, so I, I see that as definitely one of the emerging challenges that, which is weird because I'm sure everyone in this space, yourself included, is thinking about that all the time anyway, because it's, you know, um, connection times are shorter um, oh, yeah. as, you know, banking times are, are, are dwindling. So you're constantly having to re- rethink that anyway. Yes, They're just maybe, access, um, yes. you know, accelerating it. In some well, uh,
1: I think their approach is a technological approach, and that's one way to do it. And using technology is a way that we are, and will continue to do it.
0: Where it feels seamless. Yeah, where
1: it feels seamless. Uh, but you know, you got to combine that with the human touch and the personal touch. You got to combine that with people's need for customer service, and the airport's need to appeal to all of its customers, including those. You may not believe it, but some people still use cash. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So yeah. you have to. So in my mind the use of technology in that way is great it's one of many things that's in the arsenal that sure. you've got so uh, the, it is a challenge what i'm comfortable and confident in is our ability to analyze that challenge um and our willingness to push the envelope and tackle that challenge so like all the challenges we're faced with i'm excited ab- about that one um Another challenge globally is, and you read a lot about retail, generally speaking, in the United States, and maybe even internationally, um, all of the malls that are closing and struggles that some traditional retailers have faced, um, that's a challenge for our industry. Um, How do you assort the concepts that you're bringing into a program to recognize um, the change in customer tastes and requirements and people's uh, reliance or uh, comfort using the Internet to purchase specialty retail products. So I think that's a, a challenge in our
0: industry. So what do you think about, like, the g- different how the different uh, consumer tastes and buying patterns out there? How does that – because you see it on the street, and then now, obviously, it's going to bleed into how they spend in the airport.
1: Yeah, I, th- I think that's uh, – That's something that we, as the airport concessions industry, need to uh, understand better. And both from a concessionaire's perspective as well as the airport perspective, that balance between uh, convenience retail, specialty retail, food and beverage, um, that's something I think we're all taking a look at, trying to understand customer preferences, trying to understand demand patterns, and... um, trying to make sure that our programs both as a whole and individuals and operator properly appeal to what our uh, customers are looking for so i think that's a a a big challenge and a good challenge for all of us over the next couple years and you know these things go in waves and uh the pendulum swings one way or the other and uh we're going in a certain cycle today. Who knows what it's going to be five, ten years from now? But it's something we all need to really take a look at and understand. Cool. So the last question I have for you,
0: Ray, and this is uh, more personal. We already spoke about you know the history of the company going back to the the fifties or so. You know, talk about your vision for Newslink going
1: forward. As as we look forward. Um, what I see is that we double down and recommit to what we're all about, our commitment to the business and the industry. And so, you know, that's true in the people who've been with us for a long time. That's true in the folks that we've brought on recently. And that as a group, we're going to do everything we can to improve our current operations on a day-to-day business basis. We will grow organically and we will see opportunities. And because of the consolidation in the industry, partly because of that, I see us able to grow our brand and our culture to more airports. I think in doing that, you know, my vision and my hope for the business is that we're able to create meaningful experience for our passengers, the airports where we operate, and just as important from my perspective is for the people who work in our company. As these growth opportunities happen, and my belief is that they'll happen organically because we do a good job at what we do, that will create opportunities for the people in our company who are so committed and so good to have great career paths um, and a great opportunity for them and their families to grow. And at the end of the day, for us all to be part of something that's bigger than any one of us. In short, you know that's my vision for the business. And if I were to sum it up, I would say that I'd like to be as successful in the next 60 years as we've been in the past 60 years. Well, Ray, thank you for taking the time to, to speak with me. Thank you, Ramon. And uh, I do want to say, and I tell you this personally a lot, but <laughs> yes. I really mean it, and I want to say it, you do just an excellent job for our industry. Thank you. Your ability to bring us all together and have a common platform and forum to speak and exchange information and the conference, you've really done an awesome job.
0: You're well, I'm very good. Uh, like I said at the, the show. I am. I'm not the reason. I'm one of the reasons. But thank you.